Oh, what a way to start, Brandon. So normally we kind of count down just because you need it for the audio piece. And so you kind of do like a three, two, one. And of course, Brandon flips me off randomly. I love it. God bless friends. Ah, You're welcome. No, that was for the fish. That too. Uh, man, it is late season ice. I mean, we've been out ice fishing a lot just because, well, what do you do in Alaska? And Right. Well, late- what do you do in Alaska when you don't have the the correct stuff? You go buy it. Well, you t- okay. Excuse me. What you do you do in Alaska when you, you don't have <laughs> the money acquisition. to go, <laughs> to go <laughs> buy it? Uh, and uh, Dave Ramsey keeps poking at you saying, no, you probably shouldn't, uh, you know finance so that. yeah so here's the thing so this I, I understand so i'm sure everybody's fairly i shouldn't say everybody but most folks are fairly familiar with the dave ramsey approach he's the guy that says debt is dumb and cash is king and you shouldn't buy a new car unless you have a million dollars in total wealth and i i understand his heart and i agree with a lot of his statements but there's sometimes i kind of go there's value in having a new piece of equipment so i will uh i will Depending. I agree. Depending. I, I am yeah, be careful much all. more partial to going through Joe Sangle, the Joe Sangle approach. Yeah, he is more, he has the same kind of Dave Ramsey approach in the sense that like he doesn't want you in debt. He wants you, you know, but there is a, there, there's times when debt is necessary. For example, mm-hmm. I'm a nurse by trade and the hospital does not understand when I don't, I mean, if I don't make it into work one day because my car breaks down, like everybody's car breaks, I don't care if it's new, old, whatever, right? But if I, my car breaks down on a regular enough basis, they say, Dave, hit the road. And so. Oh, you don't show up so, so yeah, many right. times, you're yeah, done. Right, exactly. So there is a value in saying, especially in a small market like Anchorage, I mean, not like there's that many hospitals to choose yeah. from up here. So I have to kind of balance that of staying out of debt and not having a note versus. You know, I Having need to be a good, reliable, reliable transportation to get to a no, job. I'm not disagreeing, and so, that's why, like, I heard, I've heard uh, uh, people say, "Well, Dave Ramsey is the, you know, the cancer treatment. Like, you're just going to cut out the tumor. You're going to, right? You're, you're going you're, much like the, an alcoholic. He's kind the of thing. ICU of right of, uh, of I, financial I, coaching versus Joe Sangle is kind of like he's your he's your uh, your primary care. Yeah. You stay healthy by going to check up with him. Right, and he also, I think, would argue the. He would say before before you made a big purchase on like a car or a pickup, he would argue of well, you need to pencil out what do you need, hmm. pencil out what are you planning on doing, and not buying a like I'd love to have a three quarter ton diesel pickup. Sure, oh my God, they're comfortable, they're big, beautiful, beautiful, shiny, hmm. diesel, four wheel drive, all the good stuff. But do you, do you need it? Do I need it? No, yeah. what I really need is I need a half ton. Yeah, and so. Having said that, I kind of look at things and I kind of go, you know, Alaska is a great place, especially if you have toys. Yeah. And it's... Well, you've been on... You, you, you feel like you're on a motor kick because you've been all fired up about motors today. I am. I am all fired up. So I'm usually fired up about motors. Yeah, today in particular. Yeah. Yeah. I... Probably because I've been working on them a lot lately and watching a lot of motor trend on demand. I mean, what do I do in the middle of winter? I watch TV because I'm not out doing things. It's a motor trend on demand. They have shows like Roadkill and Roadkill Garage and Dirt Every Day. And they got that one from Britain that's a real famous one. Uh, Top Gear? Top Gear, thank you. <laughs> God, my mind blanked. But I mean, you know, it's like, so, but for me, cars are what's at. That's where I started kind of my life, my career uh, at. And like when I went to Wyoming, I worked with a mechanic. I was always turning a wrench. 
my cars, I learned how to fix cars at an early age. It's something I can do. I think part of it too is, is last night I had my Suburban. As I'm driving into Anchorage, all of a sudden, because I had to go exchange some parts uh, on a different project, all of a sudden I rolled down my window because my nose was all stuffed up. So I was going to, you know, hack it out. My head, hack it out. Rolled down the window, didn't think anything of it. And as I went to go roll back up, pow, came out of the door. And I'm like going, what the French? Oh, something's wrong with the whole go up and down piece. Mm, that piece. Well, when you're, you're up and down piece, <laughs> the power window working. Uh, yeah, the power window modular. Oh, that's uh, what they call the, it. The power window regulator and window assist or whatever. Essentially, it's the power window unit. And they come as a, I found out, because, you know, when it didn't go up and down, I drove all the way to Anchorage at 30 degrees hmm. with the spray coming off the road. Oh, yeah, because it's just warm enough to get that, that slushy, slushy nasty. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's, it, of course, you know, you have like a light sweatshirt on. But when you're doing 65, that, that light sweatshirt's it. a little. Yeah, wind chill's a little bad. Yeah. Anyways, we made it in. I was able to lift the window into place, so at least over it to Cotton. Was nobody your wife with you? No, no, it was just me in the truck. Thank God. <laughs> I was able to slide the, like, pick up the window and slide it up. So when I came home, kinda at least kind of wedged it up. So, it, you know, it was only a couple inches of butt crack. Duct tape. I didn't have to duct tape it. Well, it's a win. But, you know, so I called the O'Reilly's and said, you got this part? And they're like, yeah, 100 bucks. And I went, blood money. <laughs> blood money. I'll take it. Do you have it in stock? I'll be there. Yeah. So I was able to throw it in real quick last night. But so kind of. I'm all kind of mechanicked up and ready to, like, talk well, cars. Yeah, well. <laughs> Mostly because I'm pissed off at the Suburban right now. Yeah, well. I mean, just I get that. 160,000 miles on it, but. True. And one trip up the Alcan. Which I, I swear, like, every five miles on the Alcan is, like, every one mile normally is a good five mm, miles on the no, Alcan. No, I would, you know, so having I've driven it twice now in the last five years. Sure. Once in the fall, like, late September, and yep. once in July. Okay. And so, and both times towing trailers. Okay. So, I mean, I have done it, like, under load. And other than the frosties between, say, oh, the Canadian border and actually, like, Glen Allen. Yeah. It's not that bad of a road. Oh, it's been a while for me. I was going to say, I, I mean, I went to Denali Highway, and that's way worse. Well, Denali Highway is not really a highway. Well, it's a gravel road. but Yeah, it's a gravel road that's not but, maintained. <laughs> right, but my point is, is if you said to me, I'm going to drive the Alcan or I'm going to drive the Denali Highway. Oh, there's no question what's worse. Right, I mean, but like, I think about roads in Oregon. Many of the roads in and around Portland are worse than the Alcan. Hmm. Like my buddy thought I was crazy when I said oh, I'm gonna take one spare tire. Oh, you gotta have two or three. Yeah, no. But anyways, well, yeah. So it's been up and down the Denal or up and down the Al- the Alcan and whatnot. But I think about things in terms of like, so what is the value of having a quality machine? Because when we talk about, okay, Alaska is a great big place, right? Well, well, like we would, we started out with, you know, we've been doing a lot of ice fishing because why? Well, that's really all we can do, right? Because we don't have snowmobiles. We don't have snow machines. Snow machines. Snowmobiles. Snow machines. I'm gonna throw different words out there just to piss you off. <laughs> sleds one time. Snow machines. I'm good with sleds. You can call them sleds, snow goes. You can call them whatever you. Want. They're they're yeah. Snowmobiles. They're snow machines. Snowmobiles. <laughs> <laughs> all those true Alaskans out there are gonna get it. They'll know. All you true Alaskans out there who, who who listen to this, really from Alaska, you hit Dave up on some sort of like you know email him or <laughs> social media or whatever and tell him what they're really called because all you lore forty eight people who really don't know what what's what about Alaska, <laughs> you know it's I'm just more, saying. My thing is more I'm just trying to bust Brennan's chops and well, it's yeah. working. Uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, Lord, I'm gonna need a break after a while. I know. 
Uh, or we need to drink some beer out here. Uh, I forgot yeah. the beer. So yeah, yeah, we've been we've been we've been doing a lot of ice fishing. Uh, well, and we've been doing ice fishing like right off the road. Yeah, right. Because yeah. we can get to it. Like, you like drive to the lake, walk out on it, or drive out on it. And I like to drive out on all, which be is great. But yeah, everything has been very local. I I don't ski. I don't do. I've never ne- any we of never those things. We never really got into that either. Yeah. I mean, we were right there by Mount Hood. I mean, I my, grew up doing it, but man, with my back issues, it's just not a. Yeah. Doesn't no. Yeah. So. There's for me. There's not a lot of like winter activities are preparing for something or doing this. You know, doing well, the ice fishing thing. And you know, so where I where I was living at before here, if you had sleds, like mm-hmm. that was a commitment of like a lifestyle. Usually there are people from Michigan, Wisconsin originally. You know, maybe the Rockies where they like had sleds, came to the Pacific Northwest, and they just really loved them, and so they would go out and. You know, they get a lot of snow in and around the Cascades, particularly in the, like, the, you know, late winter, springtime. Yep. And, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, there was times, like, come December, January, you could be running around the mountains on a four-wheel drive pickup and no big deal. And there really wasn't, like, you were confined right to the Cascades. Yeah. And so there wasn't, like, the big, let's just go. Yeah, just cruise up on any ridge you see. Right, yeah. And it's like, up here, we have the Iron Dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, where they ra- this year, I think they're racing for Fairbanks. To gnome them back down here, something like that. I don't it's a weird. Where they're going. They're doing something different, and I didn't. A, I didn't pay enough attention to it. But I mean, like the Iron Dog. Like, there's none of that. Oh, you're getting bumped, dude. We're ice fishing, and he's getting bumped. Yeah, not big enough to really make me go. Hmm. It's like a bad prom date. Oh, he's just sitting there looking at it. <laughs> Definitely a bad prom date. It's one of those old blackfish. Come on, oh. bro, take it. Take it. You're good eating. We'll 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 fry you up. You just sometimes you just want you know, to take anything. Honestly, like, what I think it is is we have these little shiny weighted hooks. Uh, They're not liking them. We need to get rid of the weighted hooks with the big old head on it, uh, and just have a hook with our bait. Ba- in it. Yeah, they'll hit that. Maybe that's the problem here. But of course, we probably don't have said hook with us. No, they're sitting out in the truck. Oh, of course. That's how many yards away? I don't know. A good seventy-five. Yeah, because we actually had to walk out on this lake. It's yep. another drive-out lake. Yep. But anyways, you know, so having the right equipment is very handy. And there's a difference in my mind between like a, there's a need, there's need to have, want to, what are you doing over there? Oh, hey, Brandon caught one. This is a blackfish. Yes, it is. And I, yeah. There we go. He actually caught something on the ice today, right now. Hold on. I'll even throw that up on the Instagrams one of these days. I don't even know what you use that for. Where's my uh, pliers? Look how fat this little dude is. Yeah, he's chunker. He's probably eating everybody's bait. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking kidding me. Oh, the pliers just fell apart on Brandon. Oh, this is the, the play-by-play on this is great. <laughs> so I hand him the pliers, and they're these cheap pliers. And they fall apart on him. Literally, boom, half the pliers on the ground. Come on, bro. He is hooked good, isn't he? Uh, no, but... Oh, the pliers aren't working. The pliers though. aren't working. And we'll release him back to Never Never Land. There he goes. Hey, <laughs> perfect. It's <laughs> <laughs> when you release the dude and he bellies up in front of you and you go, well. But he's he's just stupid. Well, that I think he was just playing with you. Yep. Playing possum. Oh, that was fun. At least we caught something. And yep. we have video, gra- we have uh, photographic proof that we uh. can catch something. So the wives can't say too much about it. Right. Caught a blackfish. Yeah. Uh, anyways. 
All right. But yeah, motors, I mean, the advantage to motors is they get you places with the gear you want for much quicker than you can walk, ski, run, jump, hide, whatever it is. Sure. So like for example, you get a ATV. Like and that's where I really come down to it is what do you what's a need to have, want to, a need to have versus a want to have. Like so for example, I could argue that because of dip netting up here uh-huh. and moose hunting, yep. a quad is more of a need. If you're a true outdoorsman and you're really going back like you could go it's like the Kasilov where we go you can drive out there yep but your pickup's going to get stuck or struggle or struggle or both well your pickup might uh well so last year there was pickups getting stuck left and right it didn't matter yeah. whether yeah. they were lifted or not yeah we even saw a Cadillac Escalade like the, the not the sedan but the uh, wagon it depends out there depends on what you got like yeah. if they come out there with crappy summer tires and yeah, all that. Yeah. I have taken my Suburban out there. I'm very mindful about where I park it and things like that. Yep. However, the ATVs make it to where I can get where I want to go so much quicker and easier and things like that. When you think about like bear hunting or moose hunting or you know something along these lines, you kind of go, where else can I get to? Where can I get off the beaten path? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, not that you can't be successful in Alaska without a quad, but it becomes harder. <sighs> like it, it, yeah. It, it, it's an increase your odds kind of thing. Um. Yeah, I will agree. Huge, hugely agree. But then there's the people that will say, "Well, a quad only does so much. Why don't you? You need a side by side, or you need, or you need, or you need." Well, and I think this is all goes back to the: Do you have to have the? And I mean, it goes back to the kind of the, you know, when you talk about things like a F one fifty versus an F two fifty versus the what suburban. Do what do you really need? What are you doing with it? And what's your real goal? Sure. Yep. I agree with that. If you're going to buy two quads because you, the wife, and your kids are going out or whatever, yeah, that's a different conversation than it's usually just me and occasionally my kid will come along and I can ride double with my kid because they're small enough. Yeah. But if you're going to go buy something. Right. I'm going to have this for the next, you know, 10, 15 years. Yeah, potentially. My kid ain't going to ride with me that long. That's true. She's getting big. I mean, both of our kids are getting right? They're all our so kids. So in big. 10 years, what are you doing? Right, and side-by-sides are nice, and uh, so. with that comes the brand, you know, which brand do you buy? And everybody. Oh, yeah, and that's all, man, you could debate on that one for hours. Oh, but. God, yeah. It's like uh, Ford versus Chevy. Right. Well, we know it's better there, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon says that because he drives a Ford. I drive a Chevy. Well, I have a Chevy and a Ford in the fleet, and yeah, it's, um, I argue that they all have their problems no matter what you want to deal with. Truth, truth. And, um... Having said that, uh, you know, I kind of go with whatever. I want something with easy parts, and Chevys are pretty cheap to fix. Mm. And they break about the same rate, just different parts yeah. break. But, but anyways, but like with, with it comes to, so you say, do you buy new versus buy used? That's kind of the big question. I would, I would argue for used. Depends. And here's so, the reason why I said that, okay? Okay. So if you say to me, buy used pretty much no matter what, if you can wait and find the deal you're looking for, yep, you can. Absolutely. If you are the kind of person that knows, like, if my quad died tomorrow and I had to have one because I live in a little bit more of a remote cabin kind of situation or something okay, like that, yeah. Yeah, then you apply money to it. Sure. Having said that also is up here, people want stupid money for a quad. Like, I paid two grand for my quad, what, six, seven years ago now? Yep. I mean, I got it in the lower 48. I think I got it I think there's also the seven years ago. I've had what's that quad. the value in the area you're in? Right. So I make my quad. Right. I'll bet I'll put. I probably sell it for more than I paid for it. Because 
up here, a quad is gold. Yeah. And but there's it, a lot of places in the lower 48, you're like, quad, really? Right. It's it's not, it's very much a especially, luxury. Especially the ones we have. It's like, that's the, why would you have that? Like in, uh, uh, a friend of mine from Arizona, he's like, I would never have bought one of these down here in Arizona. Oh. You never would have because, A, what are you going to use it for? Right. Well, you need, like, like, rock crawling desert runners. Well, the interesting thing is, so in the state of Washington, where I came from, mm-hmm. around the DNR public access land that we had, you were allowed to run a quad on any designated trail, or if you got it registered with the state, which mine was, you could run it on any gravel road. Mm-hmm. So all the logging roads, but I could drive my truck on them. Yeah. So the only advantage was is I could drop my truck and not beat up my truck, which a lot of guys did. Yeah. And there's a, there was a value in that, but it was like I couldn't do like I can't appear where I just randomly drive over there. You know what yeah. I mean? And just say, oh, I'm going to yeah. go drive up that ridge. So I guess I think quads up here are a little different, so it yeah. really depends on what you're talking about for the area. But if you're buying a but quad. I will agree. There are people. But if I'm paying was, half. Was the one you sent me the other day? It was uh, like a. Uh, a nineteen ninety seven Polaris four hundred four by four four by well yeah not all of them are four by four yeah true and but it was it, a four by four model they wanted fifteen hundred for it right and it needed some work it needed work uh, per their word so yeah you run the translation on that like uh, there's another five hundred plus right so but here's the thing I can buy a 400, 500. Now, I'm not talking about the... And you have to separate quads out, like, just like you do, like... So, let's just say you say, I'm going to get a quad. Mm-hmm. I just want to get a quad. I'll get a smaller quad right now. And that's the other thing you kind of pencil in is, if I buy a quad today that lasts five to six, seven years, mm-hmm. and I give it to my daughter, or I have it as a backup machine, because sure. I know I'm going to get the side-by-side down the road. Sure. Okay? So, and you don't buy the big 800cc, 900cc, you know, really nice machine. Okay. So, you buy the smaller machine... A new one right now, if you were to go into uh, Bass Pro, because I got their... Uh, trackers. Their trackers, because I got their uh, their catalog in the mail. Yeah. And so I have another confession to make. Uh-oh. Remember how I said I'm Dave and I have a... Motor problem. Motor problem. What are you getting now? Well, I don't know if I said that. Yeah, but uh, well, I've said this to Brandon before is, my name's Dave and I have a motor problem. My name's Dave and I have a fishing addiction. <laughs> <laughs> and a hunting gear addiction. <laughs> yep. So that could be a dangerous catalog, but I think it was only like fifty-seven or fifty-eight hundred bucks for like a cheap four-wheel drive, like quad. Mm-hmm. And I always ask the question: At what point in time do you break over the? Look, it's not that much more to go ahead and buy new. I'm not working on it. Sure. I'm not messing with it. I know I can go thirty miles deep. Maybe it's not as powerful. Maybe it's not as whatever, but it can get me there. Yeah. And so that also screams on my like, and again. When it comes to prices, sometimes, like, I love Polaris. They've never left me walk. I mean, my machine's been a great machine. It's yep. never left me walking. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, I just, it's been a very good machine. I've, my dad has a what now would be a Can-Am. Again, a very good machine. I don't have a problem with it. But when do you say, got to step up to the new model? Hmm. I think, yeah, if you're using it frequently, you're always out. You're always doing it. You're using those machines a lot. Okay. Versus so, how much do you know about it, too? Like, if I, you know, you really don't know much about a machine. Oh, sure, and it goes gunny sack on you. And, right. No, 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 and, and you're going to say, well, I'm going to get some heat in this thing. Yeah. And you say, I'm going to go buy a used machine, and you have no idea what you're looking at. That's true. So when I bought my quad, I went solely on the fact that it was a carbureted model, and I knew my being a gearhead and yeah. kind of knowing that piece, like it doesn't phase me with a yeah. carburetor. 
I went, I know I can fix anything on that quad. Enough if you, time. If you don't know really what you're looking at, you don't know what, when they say, you know, oh, it's a, you know, like the one that we just talked about. Right. 97, you know, 400 needs work. I know that there's probably going to be quite a bit of money that you're going to have to put into in parts and labor to get that thing up and running. Yeah. I mean, even my quad, I knew. So, like, when I got my quad, one of the boots was ripped on it. And I was able to talk, talk him down like 100 bucks or whatever. Yeah. And, but I knew how to do the job. Sure. And I never fixed it till I got up here because I just ran it in lower 40. Just always listening and knowing what to listen for, like when yeah. it started to go and just always double checking it. And it ran just fine. I ran through a number of mud holes. Yeah. But it's a, part of that's knowing equipment and knowing having been around it all these years and yep. the junk. So there is that to be if you are going to go out and get something like I just need to go. Maybe you do go find a newer model or something that's. Now, right. one of the benefits we do have up here is yeah, they're not new, but they're not not expensive. Is PCS season? Yeah, PCS season's always amazing. I love PCS so, season. I mean, I love it and hate it. Like I got, yeah. we got great friends that are getting ready yeah. PCS, and it sucks. <sighs> but, you know, it is what it is. Right, and but it's the military life. And it, for yeah. those that aren't familiar with military life, PCS is permanent changes station, is what it stands for. And so these are guys that are literally when they say, "Oh, I got to go move to Minot, North Dakota," yep. or "I've got to move to Fort Bragg or wherever," that's their PCSing is what they call it, and. So per- permit change of station, and so when they do that, the military says you get ten thousand pounds, and that's it. Guess what? The wife wants a lot of that ten thousand pounds. Yep. <laughs> so a lot of these guys will say, "Well, I was up here in Alaska, and I got the quad, and I got the ice fishing gear, and all of a sudden, come springtime, you can replace a lot of gear out." Yep. They're and- selling stuff off. They're they're looking to lighten up their their PCS loads. You're getting bounced. It's like a bad prom date over here. Well, those little, so those are blackfish, what they're going to do is they're going to go up and just kind of stare at it, and they're going to sit there, and they're going to hit it a little bit. Yeah. And they're going to move away. So what I did with mine is I just watched them, and I stared, stared down there. I saw them hit it and bump it, bump it, and finally I saw them kind of gum it, and that's when I yanked him. So try that. If you're seeing him down there, if you can see him. Yeah, right. Like, that was my thing is I just watched him sitting right in front of my bait, just sitting there. Nah. See anything? No. Nah. He's probably just bumping it. He's probably there's enough ice and mm-hmm. angle on my hole and all that angle is dangle. Yep. But so yeah, and you can find good deals on mm-hmm. good machines. But the question you have to ask is that if you have the time to wait for PCS season. Yep. And you say, okay, I well, didn't. You also have to have the cash. You have to have you know a good five to six grand in cash around. sitting around that your wife ain't going to complain about. Yep. So if you're in that boat, yeah, that's a great way to go about mm-hmm. it. But, you know, for some of us, that's just not a, we don't have that cash flow just sitting around. Well, and the other thing you have to ask, too, is if if you do have to finance a quad. Yep. Which, for most of us, if you get more than a couple thousand dollars, now we're talking finances. You know what I mean? Yep. Do you finance it? And I, so, I mean, you say, well, how can you justify it? When I look at how much time I spend on my quad. So, take last year, for example. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to run through what I did on my quad. So, starting early April, we were bear baiting. Yep. So... We were out April, all of almost all of April, every weekend. I was out at least once a week on it. Yep. May and June, once to twice a week. So that's what, 12 weeks in there? I'll bet I was probably on it 18 times, running five miles each time, minimum. Yeah, sounds right. And then we went dip netting. I went dip netting twice. And I probably put, again, another, oh, you know, it's a mile down there. But the advantage to that is it was more about keeping my truck off the sand and you know, being able to go right where I wanted to and position my wife like, okay, you, you don't have to walk through the sand, honey. I'm going to put you, you know, 
reasonable distance away. Like, you know, the water's not going to come and wash my quad away. But so you have to walk that however many feet down to the water. But like, it wasn't like I'm parking over there and the spot we got to be at is another, you know, half mile to the dry sand. Mm-hmm. And it's a, like, it's a sandy beach, like, like a Florida, Florida sandy beach on the Casiloff. Like sure. it's that same kind of consistency where it's just, it's hard to walk through. Mm-hmm. So there's that a couple of times. And then I went out, oh, once. So there's, there's, uh, well, it was moose season first time. Yep. Which was five days in the quad. Yeah. So drove out, and there's five days of just running around every day on the quad. Like, I didn't even fire up my pickup. Yeah. And then I went out again for another week, nine days. And it was the same kind of thing of just every day on the quad. Might have fired up my pickup just to keep the battery fresh, but that was about it. But, like, it was, I mean, every day on the quad, back and forth in the, the brush. Yeah. So, I mean, you start adding all that up. I mean, we put, you know, probably three or 400 miles on that quad, which... That's actually quite a bit for a quad with that that's not like using it every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? For a weekend warrior, a guy that that's works eight to, eight to five Monday through Friday, that's a decent amount of time. Yeah. So you start adding up like that, and you got to go, if my quad would have broke and I have to get parts in and all that time down and away from it, what's the value of a newer quad mm-hmm. where you don't have to worry about it? Yeah, I agree. Um, but again, you got Joe Sengel barking in your ear on the other side. Yeah, that's the other part of it. Like, man be really easy to run down and just get myself something but i think we're fortunate enough in that we have i have two quads available one's my dad's yeah we have we have enough stuff and we're okay we got some buddies around that we can borrow from but um eventually for for me though the really like like we said we've done nothing but ice fishing all season right and i look at guys who are man they're they're even if they're ice fishing they're going out to figure eight lake they're going out so to, figure eight lake is probably about a 40 minute 45 minute snow, machine, snow ride. machine ride so i mean it's it's one of those that apparently you can get out there with a quad in the winter you could possibly they, they say they say you can yeah i talked to a buddy of mine who's got sleds and yep. he said yeah you could yep um don't know that i'd recommend it like yeah. there's some spots in there where it's going to get hairy yep and that's, so it's like yeah. that's what i've heard i've heard guys on the right year when it's not a lot of snow and it's just icy right sure then they can do it right um because then you're just going over a frozen mucky trail right instead exactly. of going through the snow well and there's that and then there's also just the frozen mucky trail i can deal with versus two feet three feet of snow exactly and the machine falls through yep. and now we're stuck you're just there um so there's that there's there's even just going out and riding like we got friends that'll go up to you know petersville have a cabin and they'll just go ride every other weekend right you know getting out and doing something in the winter really kind of helps with that sanity Mm, it does it does and just that dark sitting nothing to do mm. but you know you can get crazy with toys up here too so yeah because <laughs> we have a, a friend who has a has the sherp yeah yes he does yeah awesome machine way more expensive than i care to pay right now well i mean it's like buying a brand new truck uh, it's more expensive than a brand new truck buddy Aren't those 60 grand is that all those things cost yeah 60 or 70 grand. Mm. It's like buying a brand new... I was, I was at the Toyota dealership the other day to get my... the warrant, or Not warranty, but the uh, knock sensor, one of the sensors on my sure. pickup done. Yeah. And I did look at a new Tundra, and it was $60,000. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I want to say... I'm going to have to look that up, because... I thought they were more like 125 or 150 I don't. I want to say they were like... Not quite that, but... 
yeah, well, but either way, it's it, they're a lot of money, especially you'll be able to justify that and, again, get that past the wife. There's advantages to being a single man. There's disadvantages to being a single man. True. But, you know, again, with when you start getting toys, this toy, that toy, this toy, there's places where you're going to have to say, I have to buy used unless you make a lot of money. Oh, yeah, we're, you're definitely a little more correct on that. They're uh, starting about 100 Okay. 100, uh, 115. You know? Okay. So, all right, yeah, I was off by a little bit. Okay, but still. It's, it's not something you're not just going to, like, unless you have, you know, Scrooge McDuck money laying around, you're not going to. Well, you know, I do swim in the pennies. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to go out and <laughs> just lay down a bag of money of 115 grand. Right. You know, so. Anyway, um, but yeah, you got the Sherp. Man, that thing, that thing goes. Right. I think the biggest killer for it is because it has a shorter wheelbase. That it has, uh, I think, is limited to about a forty-five degree angle climb. Something like that, yeah. It's, which is really when you th- you say, oh, forty-five degrees, oh, and then you go out on a hill and you're trying to get up to the side of a ridge somewhere, and you go, oh, it really. I mean, there's a lot of steeper hills. I mean, maybe it's just a short section of, you know, hundred yards where it's going to be a little steep, and you just kind of go, okay, I've done that on my quad all the time. And then you get over, and it's no big deal. Like, there was one little section, but that could keep you because it's so tippy. Um, but I'm sure, like anything else, you learn techniques and whatnot to get around those kinds sure. of things. But, uh, you know... But the range on that thing, what is the range? It's ridiculous. Oh, it's way back. It's, you it's could probably insane. go anywhere in Alaska with it. You don't make it to, from village to village. I guarantee you, you could. Uh, Probably. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, it's... I mean, these guys do the Iron Dog. Yeah. So, I mean, if you could do the Iron Dog with sleds, you should be able to do the Sherp, the Sherp thing somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think it has like a 200-mile range. I want to say it's something. It's crazy like that, maybe more than that. And when you think about that, two mi- you know, t- 200 miles over rough terrain, that's not like 200 miles driving in your car down the highway. Yeah. That's like, you know, in and out of the throttle and four-wheel drive and, and, and... Well, it's, yeah, and that thing's... 52-inch tires or something like that? Something nuts like that with, like, zero poundage in them. So... Yeah, they're big, soft, squishy tires. But part yeah. of that's gearing, and it doesn't go very fast. But, like, you know, the other thing you could get is... I mean, I think about things, and I kind of go, what about an Argo? That's one of the, the big ones for me I think about a lot. I like the theory of an Argo, because if you get the track... So, I mean, if you get the Argo, you're going to get the tracks, you're going to get the little cab. I mean, you're going to do it... I mean, you should do it right. And I kind of go, okay, so you get the Argo, you throw the tracks on there, and now you could go out in the snow. Mm-hmm. And guys do successfully all over the place. Yeah. And the advantage of them is small motor, doesn't sips fuel pretty much. Downside, those things are expensive. They are spendy. I mean, like legit expensive. Like I can buy a quad and or, and an ATV, or excuse me, a quad and quad. a <laughs> quad and ATV, yeah. Actually, I could probably buy... T- Hold on a second. I could buy... Figure a sled cost you about ten new. Let's go new. Uh, I'm gonna say a brand new sled's gonna be more net. No, no, I was looking. You can buy them for as cheap as ten. Oh, okay. So that's cheap as. Okay, so but let's. Okay, you want to go fifteen? Yeah. So two sleds is thirty, and a side by side is I can get one for twenty. Okay. Uh, that's the cost of a of an Argo. Hmm. Like an eight, like an eight, eight wheel jobber, the big, the big, the big nasty, ones. nice ones. And I kind of huh. go, that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's the pro- That's the downside to Argos is they're a, they're a money sink. 
there. But you know, if you notice one thing, how many times you see Argos on like the Alaska, the Facebook pages, the marketplaces? Oh, they're rarely there. Yeah, you buy them used, but yeah, like people get those and they hang on to them. Yeah, like that's one of those you don't see. Well, I'm upgrading my quad, or you know, I've had this for forever, and I'm just you know, or whatever. It, you just don't see them. I think people, when they yeah. get those things, they don't need to get anything else. True, but. Again, there's a big nut right up front. And so it's that, it's that, what do you do? Now, you do go slower on those. The other thing that I think about is I kind of go, the Argos, they don't have suspension. And for me, I mean, they have a little bit of suspension. They probably have an inch or two. I would, I would I'd be willing to bet that with technology and how these things have increased that we talked about, like how... Uh, Companies are continuously trying to look at them. I don't think there's much suspension at all. I've looked at them and I just kind of go, like it looks rough to me. Like my back starts hurting looking at that. I would be willing to bet that they have a lot of stuff built into them. Probably into the seat. Yep. Anyways, I you know so yeah you have to have something I would think to get out. But what do you do? Do you buy used? And do you become an expert on that one machine? Like, I, I got to wonder if, like, for example, guys become Chevy guys or Ford guys because their dad had it or okay, their dad had a Dodge and they didn't like Dodge. So they went with Ford or they went with, a, you know, whatever it was, right? First car. And there's value in saying, like, I know guys that are, like, small block Chevy guys. Yeah. And that's what they do. It's because they collect parts for a small block Chevy. And they have all the little parts floating around their garage. They have extra set of heads. They have all these extra parts, but it's all around small block Chevy. Sure. The idea being is that they're always in the hunt. They're always doing their little thing, and they get to where they know Chevrolet. Like, they could just, oh, yeah, that's cylinder number four. Or, oh, wait a minute, you need this push rod. Or, okay, yeah, and and like, so, do you get you to just, the point you with just, your machine? You just know thing. it. Like, so, like, Polaris. Like, if you get to where you're, if you're a Polaris guy, you just know Polaris. Or Can-Am, or yeah. Tecton, or whoever. You know, yeah, I was thinking about that whole sus- suspension thing on the Argo. A, Argos don't cruise like... No, they don't. They're not a haul nut down a, a little back road like we do. <laughs> well, uh, well, okay, that's a maybe. lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I like you the know, haul it is, a, it is a slower, intentional driving machine. It is. Right? It, and, and it's really so, what you're trying to do with it, you know? And with that four-wheel on, you know, that four-wheel tracks, right. you have a lot more give over... Sure. Over your things. So right, and you are going slower. And it's designed to be that. I don't think that... I think you're... We tend to put... Especially when we don't know something. Right. We tend to put what we know on it. Oh, that's agreed. All the time. Like, well, my machine, as I bump down the road, is bumpy and... Right. Not having suspension on this machine would suck. I'm not disagreeing with that. But that's on They're not your doing 40. machine. <laughs> huh? Argo's not going to do 40. Uh, yeah, exactly. So right. and they have a much closer wheelbase. Those wheels are so much closer together that they absorb it. A right, little bit I'm more. sure. I'm sure that's part of it too. So, but uh, you know, I, I I like the idea of an Argo. Don't get me wrong. When I think about like going out on a sled, and, and again, sleds have their place where going fast and having fun. Mm. But you know, there's times when I also kind of go something like an old like. So the the Argo is not a new concept, even when it came out. Sure. The military did that. They called him the M29 weasel. You're just stuck on that stupid weasel. Well, it, it, it's... <laughs> so, my dad got pulled out by a weasel. I don't know if I ever mentioned that, but yeah. Uh, maybe. So, anyways, uh, 
You're, you're all about that weasel. Well, it's but here's the thing. I like the fact that it has a cab. It's got a heater. And it's old school, so it's simple, easy to fix. And there's another piece that comes into this that if you're thinking about things and you're going to go maintenance, you say certain words, and I guarantee you the cost just went up. Here, here's okay. what I mean by that. Okay. So, for example, I used to sell auto parts for a living. Okay. I've got a 98 Caddy. Or let's take, I got a Cadillac Escalade. Okay. It's essentially those those things are rebranded, rebadged Chevrolet Tahoes. Man. Your watch. This watch. Anyways. Yeah. At least my wife knows I'm using it. <laughs> uh, but it's it's a rebranded branded Chevy Tahoe, right? Yeah. Now, there is enough differences in some of the parts that to where they are specific to Cadillac. Sure. And when they did that, they jumped the price double. Mm-hmm. And so my point is is that some of the stuff, like the Weasel, for a lot of their pieces, are common car parts. At least they used to be. Not as much anymore because they're so old. But there's a lot of the stuff that I kind of go, is there value in having something more generic? If you say it's for recreation, sporting, outdoors... That value of that jacket, that whatever it was, just went up. True. Sometimes it's because of lawsuits like firearms. Like they have lawsuits they have to worry about and things like that. So you're paying for the lawyers. But some of it is just re- literally because it's recreation. True. Because we can. I mean, take, for example, an RV. There's no reason why most of that stuff shouldn't be really cheap on an RV. And yet for an RV, it's expensive to get it fixed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not because it's, gee, I don't want to spend the money as it is. Like, I know that on a house, that same part is a third the cost. And so I, so I, so part of me kind of goes, man, I like, and I'm also into weird things. I'm not necessarily a follow the mainstream kind of guy. So if everybody's doing Argos, I'll be the guy that goes, oh, man, World War II vintage weasel? Yeah. Hmm. That sounds really cool to me. But I also think, yeah, World War II vintage weasel sounds great, but. Back then in World War II, they were building vehicles for a very specific place and thing. So, interestingly enough, with the Weasel, do you know why they were... Because I did the research on this. Cause I just, <laughs> you know, went, I went nuts on it there for a while. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> Brandon's probably tired. To the point where he, I'm pretty sure he knew where every possible place he could buy a Weasel was. <laughs> pretty much it was Alaska, <laughs> Scandinavia, and like a few places in the lower... Four, there's, there's some floating around the lower 48. Yeah. But they were actually really popular up here in Alaska because they were actually designed for the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. specifically in the Finland, Sweden area when mm-hmm. they were fighting Hitler. What they wanted is they wanted something small, so they didn't have a cab on them. A lot of them have now gotten to where they've had cabs put on them over the years, and guys have done that. But they had no cab, sometimes a windshield. And the idea was that you could put four guys, all their gear, all their ammo, and you get four guys super deep for like a recon team. Okay. In the snow, in the slush, in the muskeg, in the very similar to Alaska conditions. Mm. And so that's what it was designed around. And if you look at the amount of tire pressure that they have on the track pressure, sure. You know, per square inch, it is actually lower than a Argo. Hmm. Not by a ton, but it's, yeah. it's one of those things you could say, oh, we're better. But, you know, but I, my just, f- I just look at an Argo and how many times have I come up to a river or a lake and gone, well, as far as I'm going. <laughs> Whereas with an Argo, you go, yeah, I'm going to get through this. Right. Well, the river you could get through, um, depending on how deep it is. Yep. Lakes, yeah, you're sinking to the bottom with that. Yeah. Thing. The yeah. weasel's not designed to float. No, it is not. But it was... And I've gone through some muskag stuff that have swallowed vehicles. Yeah, I'm sure. 
whereas an Argo, it'll kind of skip along the top. Well, that's the idea here with the with the M29 Weasels, that they're designed to go through the Meskag and kind of be on top. I mean, they've got a two-foot-wide on each side track, and it's eight feet long. I mean, it, yeah. It's it, it's it's a cool. It's just heavy enough that I feel like it yeah, would, it it is. would sink Thir- through the stuff when it gets out in that really nasty muskag where it's just like. I won't disagree that you may be right, but yeah. I'm just saying that on the same token, like, yeah, you know. It looks cool. It looks cool. And that's really what you like. Oh, I like it. You, like you like the look of it. Now, I'm not disagreeing that it doesn't look cool, well, and having one oh, would be really? throwing would be gear really over cool. there. No, the wind's hitting stuff. But, you know, I would. I, I, I love World War II history. That's probably my favorite part of history, studying Part of the that. greatest and, generation. And, and watching the, seeing the vehicles and all the stuff they did. And right. I love that. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work the best for what I'm trying to do out here. Hmm. Now, having one, that'd be cool. Oh, right. I mean, this would be a lot of fun. Going to dip netting with a weasel. <laughs> Only problem with that is, and I've thought about that, I thought, man, that'd just be so cool. And then part of me went, well, but the problem is, is that as you're coming out, you know that everybody that gets stuck on that little service road, there's like a little like sand road yeah. that some years is not bad, other sure. years just absolute garbage. You know that you're going to have to be pulling people out that whole way. Or you just ignore them and drive around. Yeah. Just go down on the beach past the service road and cruise up the beach. Yeah. I, I have a <laughs> feeling somehow they would track you down. Yeah, like, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Like, it's just, it's one of those things that, like, yeah, yes, I'm with you, there's, but. There's enough people that are there that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. But you get my point. Remember, we're, we are a big, small town. Big, small state. Yep. But, you know, when it comes to toys, I mean, there's boats is a whole nother thing. Airplanes mm. up here. I mean, you can go crazy, but I mean, like airplanes is a lifestyle and it's a commitment. Sure. I mean, I saw one, a cheap, cheap airplane. It looked airworthy. I mean, I'm not an airplane mechanic. Mm-hmm. It was $60,000. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, and I, it I was like it. a I, 1960s. Well, then, early. then you have annual inspections and you have where you're going to put it and keep it. All those kind of things come up and your licensing, you got to go get a pilot's license. You get, there's a lot more that goes into an airplane than just the plane, just buying a plane. Right. So, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, so, but there's also like boats. I mean, take a look at Dan's boat. I mean, he's got a hundred and I don't know exactly what he paid for his boat, but I've looked at that size boat and they're a hundred and fifty to $200,000. Yeah. And he, now he loves his boat and he goes out for days on end and he would argue that he gets his value out of it. Oh, absolutely. And he takes buddies out and it's really cool, but yeah, uh, you know, it's a big boat, mm-hmm. and with that, um, you know, he's committed to that lifestyle. And I think that's part sure. of what you're looking at is, like, where are you going to go and get your animals, whatever they are, and how do you justify that? Now, I will argue, uh, I will throw the argument for the plane. I have a friend who's working on getting his pilot's license. Okay. And he will give you, all right, here's where you can go. You can fly to these parts of Alaska. You can fly, he, even for him, he's like, with a, this size plane, I forget what kind of plane it was. He's like, we could fly to Nome, the two of us. Like, I feel like that's a long way, dude. He's like, yeah, it'll take you a while, but you can get there. Right, you could, like, like so, village, village jump. So, so you from here, you could fly up to the Brooks Range. Right. Where you're in any moose and caribou. Right. And go shoot right, and a you're, lot of stuff. Right, and then fly back. And fly back. Yeah, I'm not saying like, that. It, it's it's... <laughs> But, but it's to a, do a, an airplane, I think that's why Alaska has one of the highest planes per capita in the United States because it's such a utility that is right a and very needed thing. I won't disagree with that. 
but it's also a matter of how much time and money, you know. Well, for you and me, it's not worth it. A, we're not playing guys. We don't, I mean, that's right. not what gets us going. Whereas, like, I said weasel and you about came out of your chair. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right. Right? So, but if you're pure looking, looking at it, if not of what do I like, but what is a good, solid vehicle for getting around Alaska? And let's face it, an airplane takes the cake. It does, but there's a money factor in that. And I think we're both at that point, like, even though we live up here. Take the money out of it. Oh, I... Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not saying... Uh, any part of this is there's money involved. Even what you said, buying a quad, you're going to have to finance it. Oh, right. But my point is is that is that, like, for example, with planes comes a... There's a commitment value in that that you don't have with boats. You don't have with quads. You don't have with four-wheel drive trucks. I would say you have, it with a, you have with all of it. It's just in a different aspect of it. It looks different. Planes hold their value insanely well. Oh, they do. They hold up very well. Part of that's how much, how well they're maintained. Well, okay. I mean, because you think about okay. So if you had to, no matter what, go through and get your, you know, your truck maintained the way a plane gets maintained. Sure. I guarantee you, it would last longer than, because as something wears out and is no longer in spec, it just gets replaced. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, because okay. when you fall out of the sky, it's a bad deal. I've known people who survived it. <laughs> yeah, right. So do I. But you get my point. Like, it's not, like, versus, oh, my brakes are getting a little weak. No, no, you just fit, you, we just. I, I, I think that we just, we don't know enough about it. Well, that's. That's, that's, that's where I think our, our issue, and we, we push against it because we don't understand it. Well, but the other problem is, is that, so when you talk about guys that do the planes and whatnot, because I got some buddies that do it. Yeah. And they are into that lifestyle. So, and what I mean by that is it doesn't just affect, okay, I have a plane, and a lot of these guys live on a lake. They live next to a runway. They live, you know what I'm saying? Which you don't have to. That's you don't have to. You can rent a little slip at Birchwood. Right, but now you're renting something. Well, the same place you'd have to put a boat if you don't have it. Or, you know, an RV. If you don't have a place for that stuff, you have to be able to sure play. You know, so there's ways of going about it. There's ways to do it, but if you're purely talking about what is the optimal vehicle for Alaska, oh, purely optimal. Oh, I would not disagree that it's it's got to be. It has to be the plane. The plane is what will do it. Right now, what I talk about the average Joe, the guy that comes up here or doesn't make a lot of money or because let's be honest about it, to afford a plane, takes some financial wherewithal. Oh, yeah. yeah, more than I've got right now. Well, more than you want to put towards it. I, I think that's one thing because I the argument with my buddy who's in the middle of this he's like it doesn't really cost that much it's whether you want to make it worth it right I mean I suppose you like could if, argue that if you wanted to go get your pilot's license that won't cost you that much in the grand scheme of things no if you want to go get you can rent a plane mm. that right. is uh, all those things are options so you don't have to all those things can happen so if you want to go do this sure it is not like well I have to do it at this level of or I'm not doing it. Right. Right. But I still would argue that most most of us do not have the financial wherewithal. I still would argue that I think by the time you pencil it out, it's more than because those things take a lot to operate. I mean, I don't know what they. I mean, I don't know all the details, but I. It's no more than driving. If you're going to drive to Fairbanks, you're going to put that much money in gas in. Right. The other thing that you do get that you do have to th- factor in, like if the weather's nasty, and I drive. I usually don't get weathered out or weathered in. It can happen with boats, too. So, I mean, it's not like it's a perfect... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, 
I'm with you. I agree. Plain is the ultimate. But when I think about like the average Joe, you know, if I so, had, go ahead. According to Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, uh, a cost for a private pilot's license. Okay. About nine grand. Okay. Oh wait, hold on. Sport license can be. Uh, so average is nine. Recreational runs about seven, and a sport license is about four. Let's say you get the recreational at seven, right? Yep. I know people have put. I mean, you just said that a, a snow machine's. Yeah, right. Fifteen. More than that. Right. Yeah, ten to fifteen. Right. Right. So it's less than the cost of a, a recreational thing, and then you can rent a plane. Right. And you don't rent it for the whole day. You rent it for the hours you're flying. So if it takes you two hours to fly up somewhere and you sit there and park for two days and you've two, two hours back, you're basically renting it for four hours. Yeah, that piece I don't know about. Oh, that's how it works. Oh, is that how it works? Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. So um, you are actually going to have a versus I'm going to buy two new quads. Right, sure. The truck to haul them. Trailer. The maintenance on the truck. Now I break this on the quad, this, that, and the other. Right. To go up for, a, you so know. So what you're saying is we should sell everything and just go get airplanes. I'm just saying, what my point was is it really comes down <laughs> to what you think is valuable. Right, sure. And if you think that, man, I want to do a pilot's license because this is going to give me the maximum efficiency of hunting and being able to get to these places, the money should is not as big of a thing as, you're, as you put into it. But we don't value that because we like the motors, we like the quads, we like those things, we like sure. how that works. So we tend to go, nope. Pilot, the plane is cool, but it's way out of our range. When in reality, it's not. Is it really right? So, yeah, I think we all do that. It's yeah, just kind of a, a natural thing for for men. Is we just we don't mm. necessarily look at the whole picture. We look at what we like to see. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I won't disagree with that. Now, but a I'll... sherp? No, that's just dang expensive. And right. <laughs> and yeah, you're just yeah. The price of a sherp, you could get your pilot's license and a plane. Well, maybe not a plane. You could get close. You could at least rent a plane quite a bit of times. There you go. For a couple of years, you could rent your plane for your hunting your hunting there you, trips. There you go. <laughs> but I think about things in terms of like you know quads and things like that. I mean, what I would call your state your average Joe, what most of us get into, yeah, is the we like to stay on terra firma for whatever reason. I I will agree. I don't necessarily feel comfortable getting in a little teeny plane and going out right by myself. I would with a pilot who knows what they're doing, but right. it would but, take a lot for me to do that. And that's the other thing too is that there's a comfort. It's like I've recently gotten to boats. I haven't really. I mean, like I have a boat. I've got a couple of them, but I don't. I can't say like I'm a boating master. Sure. Check our other tip ups out here. Are they tipped? Negative. Uh, <sighs> fishing. <laughs> Ice fishing. <laughs> I want to do more catching, man. Yeah, less fishing, more catching. Yep. But uh, you know, I think about. Some of that stuff, like how did you get to be an expert boatman? I mean, it's all you know. It takes time. I, mean, I think about like, like driving. I was 16, 17 years old compared to now. Like the experience that goes into that, right? And so with that, I kind of go. I have a family, and there's other factors that go into flying in my mind. But anyways, but if you talk to anybody who flies, is, who likes the flying, or yeah. oh. has the same feeling about flying as we do about quads, they'll say. Uh, no, you're just as likely to wreck your plane as you are your quad. Right, sure. And I'm sure they're probably statistically right. Yeah, but <laughs> for us, we think of that. But it's really hard to, to get oh, out yeah. of your own headspace and say this is a feasible option because I don't like it. Okay, right? fine. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, which is okay. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm fine with saying that. I will yeah. prefer my quads and my 
and my boats and my whatever. And I yeah. So, so, but like Alaska is like if you have a, I would argue that if if I if somebody said to me I'm moving up to Alaska tomorrow, or Dave, if you had it to do like if I lost everything in a fire tonight, you know how would you go about replacing your motors? I mean, hunting and fishing gear aside, there's the arguments you can make for all okay, kinds ju- of things. Yeah, gear. just motors. Or to stick to motors. Yep. So I lose everything. I would start with my pickup. I would look at a half ton just because that's what I base everything else on. Sure. So a half ton, and I would look at probably a... I don't want to say cheaper side-by-side, but I would look hard at a side-by-side. Man, I okay. if I could find it for a decent price, I'd get the six-wheel side-by-side. Yeah. I Polaris mean, made them. They, they're discontinued. Polaris doesn't make them anymore. That's right, they don't. But that, in my opinion, is the ideal—the side by side with the the six wheel platform. Right, uh, but if, but even just like a like a Bass Pro shops, what they call Tecton or whatever they are, the text. I don't know. They're the the tracker whatevers. Yeah, those. I mean, I would even consider one of those. Yeah. And I would consider a smaller, like, like in a Zodiac style boat. I think for me, or I, may, or maybe like a small aluminum boat. I would want something in the... I've spent enough time thinking about this one. I want something that's going to be in the 15 foot. Right. That's 15 to 18 feet. Aluminum. Right. Semi-V. Okay. Not the John Boat style, but not the deep V. Right, right, right. So I'll give you that semi-V, flat bottom, with a console up, you know, like kind a of in the arc. Yeah, similar, yeah. And, and I'll tell you, I would look at really hard at it like a jet boat. Uh yeah, if you're gonna just go all out, I what mean, is it the Alaska series? I forget which boat model it actually is, but the thing can run in like six inches of water or something. Like yeah, there's inches. a video out there of the guy. It shows a gentleman standing in a creek, and the water's going just above his ankles. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, by. yeah, you hear the boat screaming right by him. And I mean, these things can run in ridiculous amount of water. So I mean, but having said that, other than the ocean, you could, I mean, even like light. In the ocean stuff, and when I say light, like you could do catch McBay on a decent day. Yeah, Cook maybe. Inlet, I've seen guys do it on a decent day. Oh, geez, Cook Inlet scares me. Yeah, it does. But I would argue that unless you're really into the boating life, um, it's hard. I mean, you you kind of have to go 21 foot or bigger, and you're looking at a, a decent chunk of money on a decent boat. Oh, you're talking out, about ocean? They have to go out in the ocean. Yeah. I mean, you I've know, got a 19 foot, and it's probably the smallest you want to go. Again, you mentioned like you know you grew up driving, right? You grew up around motors. You grew up around those things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we talk about these things, and I'll guarantee you, hear people just kind of go, "Oh, that's a, that's not that's not accurate at all," because they grew up in a community with boats. As oh, as far as like the size of boat you yeah. need. Oh, I you and know these guys are like, no, you don't need that. You don't need. You just need this. You know. So there's there's the people that are out there that are. That will tell you one thing, right? Um, you know, our our opinion, for my opinion, is if I'm going to go out in big water, man, I want something that's, you know, at least 21 feet. It's a, it's a comfort factor. It really is. Yeah, that's that's what it really boils down to. I mean, you know, when you talk about like driving down the road, now I'll use a great example here. At least I think it's a great example, and that is so I'm gonna, we're going to drive home in my suburban. Mm-hmm. There are guys out there in a smart car. Yeah, right. Or on a motorcycle. We have a good friend of ours. Every summer, like that is his thing. He has his Charlotte, <sighs> the BMW of his. It's a nice bike. Yeah, it's the. They na- that he named it a girl name should, and all that. Well, should we go into the whole Charlotte thing? No, we'll just we'll leave it as it's a bike. Right. Let's leave it alone. I, I have to work on that thing enough with him. 
I, I call the transvestite a bikes because it's not really a crotch rock. It's not really a Harley. It's, it's kind of a, somewhere in between. It, it's, it's like an enduro. It's a BMW like enduro yeah. style. It's a nice bike. I mean, I'm not disagreeing, but but it's not a. It's not the kind of bike I'd buy. But it's because it's I'd want a Harley. But it's the transvestite of bikes. It is or the the hermaphrodite. No hermaphrodite a bike. Yeah. Hermaphrodite is the correct word. Yeah, trans. Yeah, the trans implies there. Well, yeah. Well, it's, it's just kind of like really when you one. talk to a it's car guy when you both. say, I blew a tranny, it means something different. <laughs> <laughs> talk to a guy in Portland that... Or <laughs> medics, you say, start a line. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I did that at, a, uh, I forget, like a little like house up in Girdwood. And yeah, he's a lot of coke in Girdwood, cocaine. Oh, God, that's there's just, a lot that's of coke like a, That's one of their things. And somebody, somebody said, start a line, and everyone behind us snickered. <laughs> <laughs> No, guys, not that, not, not the that white kind of not line. the white lines. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, but you, but you know, my point is, is there's varying degrees of comfort. So, can you drive a smart car in Alaska on the Alaskan roads in the middle of winter? Sure, sure. And you may be very comfortable in it, right? But I'm not. You're not. Right. <laughs> yeah. I drive a suburban. Sure. <laughs> and I, I think that I mean, the, I think that's for kind of... for if you're looking at if you're going to go down to Seward and you're going and that's your spot. Mm-hmm. You're going to do Seward, or you might do a little bit out of Catch Mac, you know, on a good day. Yeah, you could get away with a good 18-foot Zodiac. Yeah. That oh, would absolutely. be fantastic. Or even in the Prince William, or even on the P- Prince William Sound. Yeah. You could kind of poke around there a little bit. You get out as far as your gas will let you on one of those, an 18-foot right. Zodiac. would be great. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be 21 foot. In fact, I'd feel comfortable on an 18-foot Zodiac doing those things. But my point is, is that there's also comes the comfort factor, and I'm getting a little old and... I'm going to hit the big four zero this year. So, you know, I'm starting to think about things in terms of I like a little room to stretch out. And mm-hmm. I don't mind a 24-foot boat or a 28-footer or a 32-footer. Not that I can afford to. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a whole other topic. But it, So I just kind of go, you could do a lot where you say, oh, I'm comfortable doing X. Sure. Like, but, we have a buddy of ours. Okay, so when we talk about, like, you know, trying to get places, we say, oh, you got to have a motor. We have a buddy of ours that, like, from where we're sitting, I could probably walk a little ways away. Can I? I think I could see up the valley where he got his moose from where we're sitting. Okay. Uh, not quite, but yeah. No, not quite. I mean, I'd have to go down a little more. Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, it, but as the bird flies, it's less than eight miles from where we sit right now. Mm-hmm. Ten. Because uh, they were six miles up. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. Okay, ten. But my point is it's not far. Mm-mm. And he literally is in a no ATV, no motor area. They use bicycles. Bicycles. So, now, is he a little bit younger and a little bit better shape? Okay, he's a lot better shape than I am. Yeah. He's been blown up a few more times than you have. Well, this is true, but... <laughs> this is true, but uh, <laughs> but the point is is that he has... And okay, we're going to say this. He was in the part of the Army that did stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, made, he, made, he made things into little pieces on a regular <laughs> basis. And that was his job, and he was very effective at his job. <laughs> Oh, but I mean, but I think about, you know, like, do you have to have a quad? No. Now he does. He have a quad. Yes. Does he have a boat? Yes. Does he have snow machines? Yes. <laughs> so he has a lot of toys. But the funny part is, is the area that he found to get a moose that was easy for him was none of that was available. Right. Exactly. So not that he doesn't enjoy those things. Yep. And there's an enjoyment factor there with for me as well. And I just kind of go, I, so I struggle with the. Part of the thing I struggle with, to be honest with you, is I have a quad. It's a 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. 2008. Sure. Sportsman, 400 high output, four wheel drive, mm-hmm. Polaris, little green thing. Yep. And it works. I mean, it checks the box. Yeah. Is it great? 
a little underpowered. It's, you know, a little light. to it gets the job done for what you need. It does get the job done. Now, there's there times when I kind of go, it'd be really cool to get the kids out, and I can only get one kid out at a time, and I've got two kids and my wife. Well, a side-by-side sure would be handy. Mm-hmm. And, again, trying to justify a side-by-side is kind of hard. One, when you're on a motor band, that's a whole other topic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am a gearhead, and True. my wife sometimes hates that about me. But part of it also comes down to, again, Joe Sangle in the back of my head goes, uh, you got to be, you know, you should really be debt free. You really should be debt free, and I can't disagree with, you know, for, for those of us that are Christians from a biblical standpoint, like Proverbs does say, yeah, you're a slave to the, to the, to the lender. It's true. Yeah. And do you want to be a slave to the lender? And uh, but God, I'd want a side by side. Yeah, I. So I don't know. Wrapping it up, I guess, because we're getting to the point where we got to start working on some other stuff here. Um, yeah. Is uh, yeah, we got those, you know, little little things called kids that got to get picked up and that kind of stuff. And <sighs> buzzkill. Yeah, buzzkill, man. We can let them, you know, sit at the bus stop or. We walked uphill both ways in the snow to you know to and from school. Yeah, I literally did because there was the, this thing you went up the hill, and then you went down, and then you went back up. So it really was uphill both ways. <laughs> Anyway, we digress. Oh, uh, <laughs> man. Um, but anyways, yeah, we, we got things right. we got to do, and you know how it is. But Life gets in the way of outdoor so, I don't pursuits. Know, motors and what's Alaska. That, man, that's one of those topics that we go on and on about. I don't think you're ever going to agree, A, with everybody, and B, everyone's going to find something that works best for them. Right. Oh, agreed. And I think when it comes to as far as your equipment, it's easy to go stupid. Well, then what I mean well, by sometimes st- you need that. Well, but my point is sometimes you have to put money to it and go stupid with your oh, money. Got it. Yeah. But my point is, is it's it's easy to get spend way too much money on a on a project project like that. But it's also one of those things where sometimes you do have to spend some, but you have to balance how much you're spending with how much you're using. Or yeah, you know what well, I mean, or something. It's easy, and I think you know we had talked earlier, and we've talked before about you know, you know, we talked about tents or equipment or gear or rifles or whatever and it's really easy for us to find the higher end on those oh absolutely because it's the higher end on those doesn't reach the higher end on a four-wheeler right well so we yeah we go, well the four-wheeler is going to be way down here but then in reality it doesn't do what you need to really, really do, do. Right. so but it's harder to justify it is especially when you start talking thousands of dollars versus yeah. hundreds of dollars and yeah sure yeah Agreed. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to wrap it up. So, yeah, hit us up on whatever platform you listen to us on and uh, give us a good review. We'll hit the five-star like, and uh, that keeps us moving and keeps us going and keeps us All promoted. that good stuff, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, the all the social media platforms. and Well, I think it's time that we get our junk off the ice. We yep. need to get off of this so we can actually get our yard sale of a ice fishing tent off the ice and pick up kids. Yep. I'm in. Till next time. Till next time.